Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. People keep asking if I'm back, and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Hello and welcome to From Dial Square to Where. This is uh, the second show we've had uh, where we are really pleased to say we've got Graham Ricks joining us um, to discuss Arsenal, old and new. How are you, Graham? I'm very well, thank you. Good to be on again, guys. Thanks for the invite. Well, first and foremost as well, Graham, it's great that you're back um, in the land of the living as well. Last time you weren't very well, were you? No, I uh, I had a, my first vaccine jab and it knocked me up a little bit and I had to go for a test. I, I felt really, really, really rough. I was poorly for about three or four days. But, oh, you know, being a tough lad, I'm, I'm back in action, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a tough cockney lad, yeah. A fake one, a fake one. But we'll, we'll take it, we'll yeah. take it, definitely. And we've also got Melvin... How are you, Melvin? You're back yeah, in the yeah. land of living as well after yeah, back in. a bit after of time off the job. podcasting. Yeah. I'm back. I've done a bit of training, you know, a bit of training, <laughs> turned my computer on and off, you know what it's like, you know, so I'm, I'm back now, I'm ready. Back are again, you match like, fit? Are you match about, fit yeah. or do you reckon I'll yeah. have to sub you off half time? I'll give it half hour, see how we go. <laughs> and Richard, great to have you back as well, Richard. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, um, as always. Uh, it's going to be a good show. I'm looking forward to it, actually. Um, you know, one of my uh, all-time favourite Arsenal players, so that's great. And, and I'm Melvin, of course, as well. So, yeah. what oh, exactly. Like? Oh, hang on, hang on. Well, no one's mentioned me. I mean, what about me? Well, of course, you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously, oh. you know, Obviously, you know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, You're thank one you. of my favourite. Bit of an afterthought there. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I think we're going to start off actually, little uh, Graham, with a little bit of the modern day Arsenal, and uh, we we're just off 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 air a little bit talking about the West Ham game, and uh, just to get a bit of a, a thought on on that one, really, because I suppose if we were three nil up and it uh, and it ended three all, it would be so good. But being three nil down was, was bad enough, but bringing it back to three all. Pretty much sums up what Arsenal were like at the moment, really. A bit Jekyll and Hyde throughout the whole season. I mean, uh, Graham, I'll go to you first. What's your thoughts on the Mikel Arteta reign so far uh, with about 18 months in? Do you think there's been significant improvement so far? Wow. Uh, I think when they're good, they're really, really good. But when they're not spot on, oh my God, anything could happen. And that 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 would worry me. I think he's got him got them playing, and they know what they want, and they know what what the jobs are. But they're just so inconsistent. You know, I mean, the next game I think it's against Liverpool, isn't it? You know, I mean, that's going to be yeah a massive game. There's no doubt about that. It's going to be a massive game. And the sort of game, they probably go out and win 3 0 or something. But they need that they need that consistency. They can, they cannot be up and down. I think they've got a few volatile, what I would call personalities in that team, who you're never sure, you know, you need people you can hang your hat on week in, week out. Yeah. And I, there's one or two in there that I'm 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 not too sure I'd hang my hat on them. No, exactly. What would you put down, just quickly, before I move on to the, the other two, but that second goal in particular, where all the players literally would just turn their back on the uh, the free kick, 
I mean, you've been a coach as well, Graham. I mean, there's nothing that you can blame Arteta on that, is there, really? It's just the, the stupidity of the players. It, he must be pulling his hair out. Well, I don't suppose he can pull his hair out because he's made of plastic. But you know what I mean? It's um, how, What can you do as a coach in that situation where you can't control that, can you, when you're from the bench? You know, that's really... It's really tough it's because really tough. you need you need characters in that team and personalities in that team that might not be the best players in the team. But I tell you what they are. They're tuned in. They're concentrating. They're cajoling others to do their jobs properly. And I'm going to give a great example of when I played. And that, that person would be Rice. You know, it, was, it wasn't a genius yeah. pat by any means. But I tell you what, every time the ball went dead, every time the ball went out, there'd be him, there'd be Pat Jennings, there'd be, there'd be Willie Young, there'd be Sammy Nelson. People making sure that you're tuned in. And yeah. for that to happen, I mean, that is schoolboy school stuff. You, you know, and it's an important part of the game. It's all very well. Being able to play fluent football, beautiful football, show skills and fluent movement. But if you're not doing the basics, you ain't getting anywhere. When I, That's right. With all due respect to Arsenal, probably the best team at the moment is Man City. And they are mm. they're getting clean sheets. They are tuned. They're hard to beat besides the beautiful football they play. And that's because in the within that team there are people who are switched on for 95 minutes yeah switched on no matter what the score is if they're losing 2-0 they're switched on if they're 2-0 up with a minute to go they're switched on because that's how you've got to be things happen so quick these days in football matches you just you can't switch off for a second but i don't think that's anything you can coach though is it really isn't that in the player to be that like that. I mean, once the, well, you, the, you send them. Well, it, it is that it is responsibility because I haven't I haven't watched Arsenal train. I don't know how he works Arteta. I'm sure he's very good, but that concentration needs drumming all the time, all the time. Concentration, responsibility, concentration, responsibility, and and if you get. You know, I mean, the issue of, of the lad arriving late, you know, to me, yeah. that shows a lack of professionalism and, and respect to a certain extent. Well, that's the same thing on the pitch. If you're going to be late for the game, you're going to be late picking your man up. You're going to be late filling the space you're supposed to fill. Do you get me? So mm. it's, it's, it's got to take over your life, that responsibility and being spot on. And if, if he isn't drumming that in day in, day out in training and when they're having the, the chats and talking about stuff, then players, players will think he's not important. And it is. It's massive. Yeah. Massive. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Melvin, you had your hand up there. I didn't fill the yeah. Space. What I was going to say, uh, gentlemen, is you're talking about concentration. You want to go to the toilet, Melvin? You're all right, mate. Go on. No, in a minute. In a minute. <laughs> Talk about concentration. How do these people become professional footballers if they haven't got that concentration? How do they get through the different stages from schoolboy, youth, reserve, first team? Surely that would show up when, when they go through these stages. People just don't look how they kick a ball or where they run to. It's part of being a professional footballer. And that must be surely one of the basic things you must have. Otherwise, you won't be a professional footballer. So how do they get through the net? That's what I want to know, because there's more than one of them in, in this current Arsenal side. Absolutely. I totally agree. What's your thoughts on that, Richard? Well, I mean, I think you could say it's the player's responsibility if one or Are two you of them switch. But literally um, six or seven of them switched off. The Sorry, on to Richard. Attitude. Carry on, Rich. Carry on. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, if one if one one or two players are switched off, you could say yeah, that's the players. But it was more than one or two. It was pretty much half the team or more. Yeah. And as Graham said before, you need people on the pitch to be switched on. At least one or two players, and none of them were. You know, there's no leader out there, was there, to say, you know, come on, this is a free kick, let's be ready, or stand in front of the ball or do something. And they, none of them did anything. And to me, that, is, that does come back to the coach because he's the one who's got to drill. If they don't have it naturally, then it's the coach's job to make sure that they, they are switched on. And clearly he's not been doing it because that's not the first time that's happened, is it? That's not a one-off. This is happening on a regular basis. Uh, and it's been happening, unfortunately, for too long. And that's what's holding us back. And the, the amount of time we keep conceding goals like that, and while we continue to do that, we're never going to be able to progress and get where we want to be. I mean, Graham mentioned Manchester City. I mean, for us to be anywhere near that level, it is going to take, well, I don't think we can do it with this group of players, first of all, but it is about the, the players that we've got have got to, they've got to switch on. They've got to be ready for anything during the game. And they're not clearly. And that happens all too, all too many times. And, that does to me that comes back to the coach on the on the on the training pitch that should be sorted out by now. He's been there 18 months, he's had time to do it, and it's not improved. In fact, it's got worse in some ways. Yeah. Um, certainly in this season. Absolutely. Graham, there's um some comments coming in now, and um it's a great one from Shane saying that uh, he thinks some players are not intelligent or streetwise enough, there's no leadership. And Jonathan. Thanks for the comments, both of you. Um, obviously, the Man United final, we were 2-0 up and they uh, obviously pulled back to 2 all, and then we had that amazing end. Um, he's asked, were you in a side that was ever in a very similar position to what we were at at the weekend against West Ham? And how did your, you and your teammates rectify that situation? What's the difference, do you think, if, if, if you can uh, think of one particular moment? They were never 3 0 down, were they? That team. Nah. <laughs> nah, nah. I can't remember. I, I don't think so. I, I, I can't just, one. As a group of lads, I think you have to realise how important the little things are. Can you hear him, guys? Yeah, yeah. Hello. Yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you. Yeah, you're just uh, breaking up a bit on your picture. That's all. But uh, carry on. Connection. Uh, no, I look these days, Andrew. Yes, Graham. We can hear you. Uh, we can hear you. Just yeah. Yeah, carry you on. need. They need to realise how important those little things are. Being in the right space, uh, picking up early, being organised early. And I don't think they do. I think they think the important things are looking nice on the ball or having a night to mean anything, really. It's getting the job done. And I don't mm. think... I, th I think Arteta, he's, he's got to accept a little bit of responsibility where to make that a, a priority in training. It should be concentration, balls dead, what are we doing, how we turned on, how we tuned in, how we, you know. And I suppose, you know, it's easy to blame the players, but if they're looking for guns, well, who are they going to turn to? Who are they going to turn to? Who's who now? Mm. They're lacking. They're lacking real leaders, and I don't mean puffing your chest out and making a big foul tackle and all that. That's not leader. I'm on about getting the best out of the people around you, making sure they're doing their jobs properly with and without the ball. So you've got me on the soapbox now. You know I won't get off it. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's well done. All night, I'm on it. <laughs> One thing I want to ask you as well, with regards to the coaching side of things, because obviously you've worked as assistant to Gianluca Vialli and Rude Hullet at, at Chelsea in particular as well, as as well as being uh, a coach in your own right at uh, uh, up in Scotland as well, of course. Uh, with, uh, but I mean, looking, I, I know that you don't know the guy, 
and you haven't seen him coach, uh, like you say, at uh, behind the scenes. But working with people like uh, Hullet and uh, Gianluca, uh, where do you you think the differences are? Because, I mean, they had very successful teams, obviously, in their time as well, with some very good players. Um, And they hadn't been in the managerial job very long at all themselves as well. Do you... Give, what's your gut feeling, really, after eighteen months with Arteta? I know I'm asking, I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but we're still at the end of the day tenth in the league, and we do see some improvements from time to time in our uh, performances and some some results that he's pulled out the bag. I mean, the FA Cup win was was fantastic last season, but when you say, when we're, you say, we're still tenth at the end of the day. <laughs> When you say you see improvements, what do you see improvements in? Well, very, very little, really, in terms of um, overall. Well, firstly, the most important thing at the end of the day for the club is league position, and there's no improvement there at all. We have the odd good performance, but we never have a 90-minute performance, so that's a worry. Um, But what I do like... What, what I do like, one last thing, though, is one last thing. What is that, that when we have a must-win game, we generally win them. We generally win them. We don't win the ones that we are supposed to roll over, though. That's the problem. So, sorry, Graham. Carry on. No, you, you, you're right. And, and, and they're the games where there might be ugly games. You know, with all due respect, you know, Burnley, they're hardly going to keep you open with beautiful football, Burnley. But what they will give you is a real good go and they play quite direct and you've got to handle that. They're the sort of games where Arsenal struggle. When it's a football game, they're OK because they play good football. They've got decent players. But those decent players have responsibility to the ugly side of the game. And it's interesting for me that the better performers at the moment for Arsenal are the kids who've been there a while and come through the ranks and know what's involved and what their responsibilities are. You're Saka. Yeah. I know Tierney was signed from Celtic, but he's a young lad who's come through and he knows what it's like. Smith Rowe is another one. They know what's involved and they're, they're, they're kind of team at the moment. And it's like um, Jonathan said in the chat, Odegaard is on loan. He's not even our player, um, but he's come in and made an impact from day one. I mean, that is all about attitude, surely. And he's, he's taken a little while maybe to get up to full speed. But I'll go back to you quickly, Melvin, and, as well, I mean, before we uh, go back know, to sort of... Okay, I'll keep losing Graham, unfortunately. It's a bit patchy. Melvin, what's your thoughts, yeah. uh, lastly, and uh, lastly about um, the most, you know, up-to-date Arsenal team at the moment? About the attitude and how comes our younger players are the ones that have got that in spades? And also, most interestingly, Martin Odegaard, who's not even our player. He's on loan, but he's showing his real leadership as far as I'm concerned. It seems to be uh, the the more they get paid, the less they produce. I know that sounds a bit stupid, but it seems like that. If you look at the uh, spectrum of wages, their performance is like a V. And that shouldn't be like that. Everyone should give the same performance, whatever they're paid, once they put that shirt on. And it doesn't seem it with our team at the moment. I mean, as, as Graham said, the youngsters have been literally carrying the team. Before Smith-Rowe came in, uh, basically, we, we look like a relegation team. I'm not saying he stopped us from getting relegated, but I'm saying we did happen to look like a relegation type side before he came. He came in, all of a sudden, it clicked with him and Saka and a couple of others. And, and even Lacazette started playing a bit better with the guys around him because he was actually getting the ball quicker and more directly. So that helped. But really, the other one, they keep it's, I call it the usual suspects with Arsenal. 
you know certain players in certain games will definitely let you down. And, and you, I'm not going to name them, but we all probably know who they are. Yeah. And that's not good enough. You, in, in any game, Graham, you can possibly play with what they call the old-fashioned word, passenger. Right? You might have one passenger in your side. We seem to have two or three some weeks. And no matter who you've got in the other 8R or 9R, you just kind of do it against whatever the team you've played. And it's really, a, you know, he's chipped away at it, Arteta, getting rid of some of the deadwood. But there's a lot of deadwood there still. Perhaps not in so much in ability, but in mindset. And he's got to do a little bit more work, in my opinion. Well, to be fair, as ever born, who plays well week out. For... I, I just feel that there's, there's not many players who go through their whole career without having a pain. It doesn't happen. But I think the least you can expect as a teammate or as a coach or as a supporter is that when it's not happening, at least you put a shift in. You know, you run about, you tackle. I, I always remember a little Alan Ball, bless him, he said to me, he said, if I'm having a bad game, he said, I'll work harder and I'll try and get in the box more often to nick a goal. And when he said that to me, but now I realise what he's on about. If it isn't happening for you with the ball, you've got to do something else, something extra to prove your worth in the team, to merit being in that team. And I think there's, there's too many of them. It's not their day. It's the end of it. They yeah. hide. I hope I'm not they being hide. controversial, by the way, guys. Not at all. <laughs> no, we love it. Love it. Um, Graham, I'm going to get um, some questions over to you now as well, if that's okay with you. Rich, first and foremost, I know that you've been wanting to uh, ask some questions to Graham. What oh, have you is got there? <laughs> you, you, his, his reputation precedes him, obviously, then, Graham. Clearly. <laughs> Go ahead, Rich. Hit me. <laughs> well, I mean, I've I've got a whole list of about thirty, but I won't go through them while we've been all night. Um, just, I mean, f first of all, you actually played in the very first Arsenal game I ever went to, which was in October nineteen eighty one against Manchester City at Highbury. Um, I don't know if you really? remember it really. I wonder if you remember anything about the game. <laughs> Rich, Rich, you've had a hard life, mate. I know, I know. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Tough paper round, mate. Tough I know, paper. I know. Well, oh, you know, it is what it is. You know, you just have to try and cope, don't you? I mean, do you remember? Do you remember anything yeah, about that game? Do you remember anything about it? October nineteen eighty-one, Manchester City. Which game home. was it? Nineteen eighty-one. Yeah, Manchester City, Highbury, October nineteen eighty-one. Yeah. Do you remember much about the game? No, I don't. Okay, we won anyway, so that was the main thing. That, that was good. Um, Chris White made yeah, his debut, so did Raphael Mead. So they, they both played, and you, you obviously played as well. Okay. Uh, and we did win one nil, so that was that was nice. I think you set up the goal as well for Raphael Mead, from what I remember, which uh, which, which was nice. Right. What I wanted to ask you about more than anything was obviously yeah. you went to France, okay. didn't you? After you yeah. left Arsenal, I mean. There was quite a lot of English players, wasn't there, playing in France at the time. What was the sort of... I know, yeah. obviously, now we know all about French football. What was it like then in the sort of late 80s, early 90s? What was French football like in relation to the English game? Oh, oh, I'm sure it was really joining us again in a moment. We'd read yeah, us again in a moment. Just had a bit of, obviously, it's a shame with the bad connection. Um, we had the, the slight issue last time, obviously, in a bad area. 
But I'm just going to go through some of these um, questions which we'll ask as well. Thank you very much for those in the chat. But Terry Mancini, uh, hair transplant. Great to see you again, Terry. I haven't been uh, oh, seen you for a little while. Um, he wants to know who uh, was the most difficult defender he faced and uh, did he feel threatened after Alan Sunderland joined the club by his stronger hairline? Great question. Um, Jonathan Porter. That is typical Terry. That is, that is typical. Hello. Good evening, Terry. I know it is. Yeah, good evening. Hello. Great, great guy. Jonathan Porter, the young players seem to have more of a hunger and desire. I felt when we had certain groups and cliques within the side that they were detrimental to the side. I do agree. I think it was, it's got a little bit better since they left in January, um, but we still obviously got a way to go. And we're just going to welcome back Graham. So we can carry on with your question, Rich. Hopefully we'll get a bit of a better connection. Fingers crossed. Don't look. Here we are. Can you hear us, Graham? Hello, guys. Great. Just get get back on with it, yeah, Rich. Yeah, I can now, mate. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. No problem. No problem. We're going to go back to so Richard and so he can finish his question. Yeah, just I was, yeah, there was a lot of English players, wasn't there, playing in France at the time when you was there. But what was the sort of difference to to the French league to the to the English league at, at that time? Was there a lot of difference? Well, it was a little bit of a step into the unknown for me, Rich, to be honest, because uh, I'd been at Arsenal all my life, really, and uh, rightly so. George Graham said, you're not playing often enough. I was quite often injured. Uh, so he said, I'm giving you a free. Uh, and there was two teams in England that were interested. One was QPR, which meant I could still live in North London. And the other one was Sheffield Wednesday. And uh, I spoke to both. And I was in a real, I didn't know what to do. Went on holiday and out of the blue, didn't have an agent or anything. And out of the blue, this guy contacted me and said, there's a French club would like to sign you. And I'd all played abroad, I'll be honest with you. I'd always had that little, just wondered what it would be like. And uh, I went to met him and I, I agreed terms. And I went over, I didn't know anything about the place. It was Khan, just across in Normandy there. Uh, hmm. But I spoke to a very good friend of mine, Glenn Hoddle, who was out there playing for Monaco. Hmm. Who was playing for Monaco. Uh, and I actually went out with Brian Steen. And I tell you what, being out there completely changed my, my ideas of, of football and how it should be played and what we should be looking for out of players. It just opened my eyes unbelievably so wow. you guys probably remember me playing and I was probably a, a technical player if anything but mm. I did run about as well because you have to run to be an English midfield player so when I went over there I didn't know what it meant but they gave me the number 10 shirt and all the players went ooh 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 so anyway <laughs> first game and the opposing midfield player got the ball and he started running with the ball and tackled him. You know, as you do. That's what you do. Two midfield players behind me went, what are you doing? I went, what? I said, that's my job. I do that and then I give you the ball. Oh, my God. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Wow. <laughs> so I didn't have to run about or tackle. I just had to be available every time they got the ball. I should have gone out there when I was 21. Yeah. <laughs> so, What's that? for me, I'm trying to get was, the um, I'm trying to get the times frame there. Is was Arsene Wenger managing at that point in uh, in France already or not? Was it before Arsene Wenger started in Monaco? He was he was yeah. manager yeah. in Monaco. That's where he I was. Met. Yeah, I thought yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's quite a few right. English That's players, isn't there? Glenn, Glenn no, I mean, I mean, did uh, Hately was there? Hately out there as well. And Mark Hately. Yeah, Clive Allen, he was yeah, playing Matt out there. But well, they were at a pro. Clive Allen played for Bordeaux. Jess Brolson yeah. played for Bordeaux. 
Brian Steed out there with me. Frank Stapleton had a little spell over a half. Oh, he did, yeah. There was, yeah. There was a lot of English lads going out there. And yeah, I've got yeah. to say, it was great. The French people were very, very respectful. The, the particular coach I had at Khan loved English football. I still speak to him now, by the way. He lives in Montpellier. And uh, he loved English football. And I brought him over for a few days when we had a Christmas break. We always used to have a little Christmas break. And on the Friday night, I took him to Colchester v Cambridge, just for taste. Half an hour, he turned to me and he said, because both teams played exactly the same way. It wasn't like that in France. Away from home, very tactical, defend a bit deeper, you know, blah, 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 no risks. Whereas he came to watch Colchester Cambridge and he, he, couldn't, he didn't know which the home team was. They both just bombing it forward. <laughs> and the next day, I took, I took him to Highbury. I took him to Highbury the next day to watch a game. I can't remember which game it was. And he loved it. Absolutely loved it. But, you know, again, he, the things he saw that weren't related to football, he thought were important and took them back into France. For example, the YTS or the apprentices sweeping restrooms afterwards, collecting the kit up, doing the chores. That, that didn't happen in France. And he introduced it into Cannes because he thought it kept the... Feet on the ground, a good grounding, good education, kept them humble. So it was a great time. I was out there four years and a great four years I had. Really did. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm just I'm just gonna lead into one question from Graham uh sorry, but for Graham, sorry, uh from Jonathan again. Um it's quite apparent it's quite with a good uh, link up to really to your time in France because we've had an issue uh, recently uh, at Arsenal really with uh, having different cliques in the dressing room. Did you ever experience uh, a group of players who formed a clique, particularly maybe in France, that was detrimental to the side you were playing in? You know something. I've I've never been involved in a in a in a club or a team where there's been a clique at all. At all, and I think that's got a lot to do with the senior players at a football club. You know that they, they shouldn't allow it to happen. They're the guys who run the club. That you know, when I was a nipper, the senior guys were people like Pete Simpson, John Radford, Geordie Armstrong, Bob McNabb. Prop, you know, proper guys, proper fellas. And if somebody stepped out of line, no matter who it was, they'd be on them. And that gets passed down through the generations, through to the Stapletons and Rices and myself and Liam and then Tony Adams and all. That's how it was. And now they're probably lacking that. And I, I just, I don't get it. How, how can you have a, a team where people are get, you know, not pulling in the same direction? It's just, I don't know. It, it saddens me. It saddens me. The, yeah. the game today. Is, is is really different to the game I was involved in. Yeah. And, and when I say that, I don't just mean the technology that's used and the the vocabulary, you know, the the mindset. Oh my God! If I hear that word again, it's gonna I'm gonna pop my head <laughs> open. Well, uh, what about project or process? Uh, should I not mention know, those words either? Yeah, process, yeah, that's another one, yeah. You that know, does my head in. Look, lads, you yeah. can play football, stick together. Bobby Robson, Bobby Robson gave me, I don't know when I told you this last time, but Bobby Robson, I was assistant manager at Chelsea and, and just starting to get a bit of a name in the game as a coach and what have you. And we played it switch and he was there just watching and he said to me, Graham, a little bit of advice. He got my name right, by the way, which is a real bonus. <laughs> he usually called me Brian. <laughs> but never mind. <laughs> he said, uh, 
Graham, uh, you want to be a good coach? I said, yeah, of course I do, uh, boss. He went, get some good players. I went, yeah. <laughs> if you want to be a great coach, get great players. And, and, and that's right. what Jose Mourinho has been you doing know, his whole life. The better the players, the better the coach. It's good advice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a big, another big, question. A big thing for me at Arsenal. I don't want to. I don't want to take over, guys. But please do. No, carry on, Sorry. please. No, carry on, please. Uh, please take. I, I just it, it it worries me a little. The players that Arsenal seem to be signing. You know, when when I see some of the big money signings and what I like, I've got just a little bit disappointed. Mm. Yeah, well, it's. Do you think it's getting slightly better recently? Yeah, with with the likes of Verdegaard coming in and Tierney, uh, for example, Gabriel at the back, they they, they seem to be in oh, the right direction for me. Yeah, I think they're getting there. Yeah, I mean Tierney would yeah. stick on anyway when he was playing at Celtic. Absolute no. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel, yes, he's got something. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Uh, Odegaard, yeah, but I just think there's been a lot of money and they haven't got any value for it. Oh, totally. Yeah, now, I totally agree How there. many transfer windows has Mikhail had? Uh, three. Yeah, but the, to be fair, it's got to be taken into account that obviously it's, it's very, very different than ever before with regards to the, the pandemic and so, so on and so forth. I suppose. Um, do you yeah. think that's got to be taken into account? I don't. It's not a normal time, is it? But one other quick question before I pass on to uh, Melvin um, and and Richard again. Um, Terry Mancini in the uh, chat um, said, "Do you feel that the speed of today's game would make players um, of your generation and, bef- and beyond?" unable to play in the Premier League, or is it a complete fallacy? Because he says, bear in mind, I recall Paul Mariner having a spell in midfield. Yeah, and and he actually played at the back as well, Paul, didn't he? He filled in several positions. Uh, Yeah. I I, I think it is of talk about his era or before that yeah let's concentrate on your era really say i don't know maybe start starting around the sort of the 80s early 80s maybe just as an example okay uh i think if we had the facilities and the the knowledge that they've they've got now, if we'd have had that in mm. 1980, I think, I think we'd place. I really do. I mean, you know, yeah. Liam, Liam Brady would be quicker and stronger than he was then. There's no doubt about that. Mm. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Stapleton might have even been a little bit quicker than he was then. And, you know, so I think the knowledge they've got now on how to make people fitter and stronger I, I don't think players would have any trouble. I think that the great strength of our generation, in my view, was in our head. Yeah. You know, I mean, physically, Yeah. We kept, if you think we had 80 games one year, didn't we, in 1980, 78 games or something, we played something stupid. Six, mm. 70 games we played. And, uh, you know, we didn't recover properly. We, we recovered not by having a little warm down and going on a little bike for half an hour and then having a massage and drinking loads of water, we went in the Chase Tavern or the King's Head. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'd, what, would, what would be my ideal though, Graham, would be to have all today's technology so the- 
But take it back to those t- those days because I I miss the eighties and nineties football massively. I really really do. Um, it, those were great days, uh, yeah. really great days. Before and there's another question quickly, and I really do apologise, guys. I'm 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 definitely going to pass over after this, but it's another uh, listener question. It says Jonathan Porter says I feel that the modern game of agents has meant that a team are more of a group of individuals than ever before, and the loyalty is sometimes to the agent rather than the team. And I think that's, that's more of a statement than a question. But that, that really backs up what I just said about wishing we could go back to those days, really. So, Melvin. Now, what do the other guys have you got any? Have you got any questions that you'd like to ask? Because uh, we've got Graham for about another 15, 20 minutes. So. Right. Just very quickly, just a couple. One's a question, one's something else, a little story. The question is, Graham, not necessarily Arsenal, but was there any people that you actually couldn't stand or couldn't get on with, which the fans didn't know the way you got on with them on the pitch? In other words, you played very well. You know, you, you, you seem like you were great mates on the pitch on what you did on the pitch, but you really, the pair of you just didn't get on. Were there any, don't have to name them, all right? But were there any players like that? No, definitely name them. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin. Melvin, what yeah. a great question, mate. Thank you. And, yeah, it was one of two. But I'm not telling you. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's disappointing, isn't it? Right. And also, just one other thing, Graham, before just one other thing. My my one of my best well, my best friend is moving house, right, in a couple of weeks. And he said, I found he's a West Ham supporter. He said, I found three Arsenal programmes. Do you want them? As yeah. I've unpacked them, go on and bring them over. One was from 1992, one was from 1967, all against West Ham, because he supports, I probably went with him to the Arsenal-West Ham game. He sent me over another one, a third one, Arsenal-Nottingham Forest. I thought, I said, what you got this yeah. one? He said, I must have gone to the game. I don't understand why I've got it. Do you want it? So he gave it to me. Anyway, I looked at it. You're in the team, 1980-81. And not only that, by coincidence, you got the winner. We won 1-0. That's a weirdo, isn't it? How, how random was that? He gave me this program. Yeah, definitely. I saw who played in goal. George Wood played in goal that day. Melvin. What's that? Sorry. Go on. Yeah, and who played for Forest? Shilton. Shilton, yeah. Yeah, Shilton, Shilton was in goal. George Wood was in for the Arsenal. Didn't you score that goal for straight from a corner, Graham? It was a free kick. Oh, was it a free kick? Oh, brilliant, brilliant. No, it was a free kick that was out wide and, oh. and he was nicked out a bit and I bent it in at the near post. Oh. Oh. And didn't they think it hadn't gone over the line? Is that right? He out on the, in the car with the bird, the North Banks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's a bit rubbish, wasn't he, old Peter Shilton? Oh, mate. Him. <laughs> they, had a great, they had a very good team then, Forrest, as well. Very good. Well, they won a European Cup, didn't they? Yeah. They won a European Cup, didn't they? Fabulous. Mm. They did. Yeah. Can we have a bit of um, uh, any kind of memories from the World Cup as well, Graham? World Cup in 82. If you've got any memories in particular or any stories from there. I love that World Cup. I I really did. Well, I, I mean... We had a, a few leading up to the before we left, uh, and one of them, one of the last games we had was Holland at Wembley, and uh, this was really there was about eighteen of the lads knew they were going, but then there was another three or four spaces up with about five or six to those places. So uh, I used to share with Kenny Sansom, so. We get to the Wednesday morning. We train the Wednesday morning, and Ron Greenwood has picked the team, and I'm not in it. I'm not. I'm not playing. I'm not starting. And uh, you know, obviously, very disappointed. 
got back home after lunch and I said to Ken, Ken, I ain't going, mate. I ain't going to Spain. I'll tell you, I can just smell it. He said, Rick, oh, don't be daft. You never know, mate. You never know what's around the corner. I said, well, he's picked, he picked Alan Devonshire to play in this game. So, uh, Ken says, you never know. So, anyway, we have a little kip and then we get up and we have our tea and toast, go to Wembley, getting ready. I'm, I'm really angry because, you know, I wanted to go, obviously. Anyway, first half, Alan Devonshire, who I really like, is a great lad, by the way. I speak to him. If I saw him now, I'd give him a big hug. I really like, he's a great fella and a good footballer. He had a, an absolute nightmare. A nightmare. Let the ball go let the ball go under his foot, crossed it behind the goals. Everything he did was stinking. So half time whistle goes. We back. Fred Street, the physio, says, Rico, Gaffer says, get warmed up, you're going on. I said, okay. So stayed out on the pitch, you know, it's not bad. A little kick about we have a little warm up and that. And uh I went in and he said, Graham, you're going on, play wide left. Alan's coming off. And all the lads came up and wished me luck. And as I walked out of the dressing room, Alan Devonshire was the last man. And he said, Rixie, good luck, mate. I hope it works out for you. Which was really, really big of him. Anyway, I went out and I played really well for 45 minutes. We were 2-0. I had a hand in both goals. And as I walked off the pitch, Ron Greenwood walked his army and said, you know, you just done son. I went, no boss, no idea. He went, you just booked your ticket for Spain. So I I was actually <laughs> the first one who went to Spain. That's mad. Absolutely brilliant, mm -hmm. that is. And Tony Wood actually. Yeah. And uh, Another we great played player. I played all the games. I mean, I went out there by the skin of my teeth and and I remember the first game particularly, it was against France in Bilbao and there, there must mm. have been 15, 20,000 England supporters in the stadium. Unbelievable atmosphere. It was 40 degrees in the stadium. Blimey. And uh, <coughs> we obviously weren't used to that French we got stuck into Duress Platini Rochetot brilliant team what a team they yeah, had they had really good football Tigana they had great players. yeah but we we rattled them we got into them and rattled, rattled at them delighted after the game I get pulled for a drugs test me and Paul Mariner now at that stage of my life I I was about and a half stone. I had lost seven pounds in that game. God. Wow. Bloody hell. Seven pounds. Was nothing. It took me five hours of heavy drinking, alcohol, coke, <laughs> water, tea. It took me five hours to produce a specimen. <laughs> so that means by my uh, from... he lost 11 pounds god that's unbelievable so that's yeah. that I mean that and by my quick calculations that means I need to play two and a half games uh, in 40 degree heat and I'll be at my ideal weight so that's not too bad <laughs> <laughs> What Minim what is the what is the um, the most uh, impressive uh, kit that you've got? Do you know when you swap your shirts? Uh, did you get any good ones at that World Cup? You know something. It's not like it is today. I think the players of today on uh, on Sky or wherever, and they've got shirts from every Tom, Dick, and Harry. You know what I mean? We we didn't do mm. that. We, you only swap your shirt if it was a special occasion, and even then you were undenied about it. You know what I mean? Mm. The kit man would give you a bollocking if you kept swapping your shirt every week. We weren't having that. <laughs> uh, I got I got manic out 
from Germany. But but yeah. a really good memory for me was you mentioned France earlier. So in 1989-90, I was playing in France. And Alpini, who was high up in the French Federation at the time, he came to our game. And our president was showing him around the, around the dressing room, introducing him to the boys. And he got to me and he went, uh, Michel, uh, uh, to Mr. Graham Riggs, uh, Riggs, Robs, Wilkins, Koppel. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I mean, you, you must have played against some of the incredible players, though, as well. That was better. Great times, you know, when you're, when you're with people who are not not your teammates as such, because we're all from different clubs, to be out there to get together and you took what, four, five, six weeks, quite intense, you know, it's, I made mean, have such a cuddle, you know, and it was just through that tournament, really. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, Richard, if you <clears throat> do you want to move on to you, well, whatever regarding uh, any more questions, because we've got about another maybe eight eight minutes or so with um, Graham before he has to go. Yeah, I mean, Graham, you, the team from sort of 1984. Guys, I hope yeah. I'm not boring you. To be honest. No, no, keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> Don't stop. Yeah, that was great. The, the team from 1984, okay. Graham, that you was in you know, with, with Woodcock and Kenny Sanson, obviously Viv Anderson, we were top of the league for a while. Do you think that team really underachieved? Should have maybe gone on to win something? Yeah. 100%. Why, why do you think oh, really, that we didn't? We had, we had uh, Viv Anderson, we had Dave O'Leary, Tommy mm. Caton, Kenny Sanson. Mm. Uh, Stevie Williams, Charlie Nicholas. Michelle, I don't think we replaced uh, Liam Brady. Them, I'm not sure. Charlie Nick, Tony Woodcock, Mariner. Yeah. Now Liam Brady had, had gone. But we had some really good players, and we should have done a lot better. We really should. I don't. I don't know what was wrong. I don't. I don't know why it didn't gel. But you know whether. I don't know. I really don't. It's, it's a, it's we a didn't replace Stapleton or Brady, though, did we, though, Graham? We didn't replace them uh, sufficiently. Well, no. Well, we replaced them. Not sufficiently, though, with, with equal quality. As good as them. I don't know. I thought that yeah. was a better team, the 84 team, to the, maybe the, the sort of I mean, late 70s to, team. I thought the 84 team was, was heartbreaking. Yeah. On paper, mm. yeah, good to watch as well. That's what I said earlier about you know to be a footballer, it's not just about it's not just about passing the ball and looking that bit. There needs to be more amongst you to all muck in and all do the dirty stuff. And you know mm. now when I when I'm coaching. If, if it's young lads, let me tell you, your weaknesses can be your strength. So if you can drop your shoulder and beat a man and whip a crossing, great. But I tell you what, I could do that when I played. But I tell you what I got the biggest clap for was chasing back and tackling. The crowd used mm. to really clap that because they didn't expect it. I said, that's mm. what you need. You need to be able to all pull together in the same direction and cover for each other and back each other up. And if you haven't got that, and obviously we missed that for whatever reason in 84, I don't know why, but I've got an idea myself. I think the late 70s, a lot had come through the ranks together. Mm. That affinity. I think that 84 team, most of them had been bought Mm. There weren't many who'd come through the ranks. And I think that has got a lot to answer for. 
I think yeah. with Arsenal's academy so. and the pull they've got all over the world to get players in, that team should they shouldn't need by anybody. That team should be full, full of kids. And okay, it might be a little bit tricky for a couple of years, but if you really stick at it, there's talented boys I've seen with with Smith Rowe. They're really big talents. There's got to be others in yeah. there as well, and throw them in. Let them have. Let's see what they're like. Oh, the days of Oliri, Divine, Rice, Nelson, Brady, Rick, Stapleton. You know, we all came through the ranks. We all knew what it was to pull on an Arsenal ship, and how bloody mm. hard we'd work to get there and do it. We weren't going to give it up easy. You yeah. know. It's all right getting paid yeah. for 70 million and so what, you know. Ah, sorry, I'm on my side. Just ask, sorry. Just ask the same question. They all came through the ranks as well, didn't they? The 89 team, pretty much, most of them. Yeah. Just a couple of quick questions from a uh, AFC Joe Carey, yeah, who's been kind enough to put them in. Um, any ex-teammates that you keep in touch with, Graham, he asks, and also who inspired you to play football in the first place? Uh, inspiration to play football was me, Dad. No doubt about that. Apparently, because uh, obviously I was born many, 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 uh, before days of telephone and all that. And my dad rushed to Doncaster General Hospital and my mum had started the labour and when he arrived there, it was too late. And he rushed in to the ward to see her and said, don't worry, Alan, you've got your footballer. <laughs> and that's all he wanted for his life was football. So he was the inspiration. There's no doubt about that. And I had to wait until I was about 28 years of age for him to tell me that I'd had a good game. He never, ever gave me any praise. <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever. What was that game? got your right foot. What was that game he said? Got to work on your head. Pulled out of a tackle, 1974. When he said you did a good game, when you were 28, do you remember what game that was? I think it was a five-a-side on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and... Who Graham Port? Oh, sorry, Jonathan Port. I, says... I stay in touch with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Carry on. Carry on. I was just going to tell you the last. Stay in touch. With. I'm in touch with Liam Brady every now and then. Uh, and only last week I sent out a little WhatsApp to Alan Sunderland, Frank Stapleton, Sammy Nelson, Pat Rice. Just to make sure they're all okay. And they're back straight away. Yeah, how are you, Rico? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. So they're the guys I, I stay in touch with, really. Not a bad uh, <laughs> lineup there, really, to be perfectly honest, is it? Really? Be a good vets team, uh, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be oh, fantastic. Right, and who do you think is the best player of all time? Jonathan Porter. Who do you think is the best player of all time? What's that, Arsenal or generally? No, in general, I think, because he said that uh, he th his is Maradona. It's Graham Ricks, surely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're funny, you are. Take that wine away from him. <laughs> uh, for me, it is Maradona. And, and I'm not being disrespectful to to Messi or Ronaldo or Platini, but Madonna got kicked from pillar to post, week in, yeah, week out. Every game he played, it's hammered. And they didn't get yellow cards like they do now. They got away with it. You know, if you remember Gentile from Italy, he mm. just kicked him for 88 minutes, a yellow card. It's, it's a joke. 
And for him to still perform how he did, oh, wow, you know, unbelievable. The pitches as well, Graham. The pitches. What a player. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Can I ask you one? Have you got time for a, a couple more questions, Graham? You've got another minute. It's nine o'clock and there's someone on the telly I'm watching. No problem. <laughs> the owner at uh, Hearts. Go on, mate. Did he really try and in, uh, affect the, the the actual lineup of the team? <laughs> Wait a minute. 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 That might be, but the answer is going to be that long. Scott, can you say that again? You broke up. It might be a short question, but the answer will be three days long. <laughs> okay. You have to save that one for next time. All right. Okay. Good. Look forward to that. Oh. God, that's like a cliffhanger. Doom, 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 Remember, next time. Yeah. That's a proper EastEnders cliffhanger, that is. Listen, Graham, we've got to let you go then. Um, yeah. But that's a fantastic way to end with a cliffhanger for. Episode three of the Grey Rick saga. Yeah, oh my god. Put myself under pressure now. Fellas, it's been a pleasure chatting to you, as always. Good as gold. Absolute pleasure. And thank you so much. Um, we got through as many questions as we could uh in the chat. Thank you very much for that. But yeah, Graham, all the best to you and your family. Stay safe, stay see healthy, you, and hopefully see you again soon. Yeah, see you again soon, Graham. All the best, mate. All the best. Okay, mate. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Graham. Stay safe. Stay safe. See ya. Thank you. And, uh, wow, what a great guy again. And thank you to him for coming on. He's always great value um, on this show. And thank you to everyone, obviously, for all your questions. I got through as many as I could uh, for the show, for the minim uh, minimal amount of time that we had Graham for. And for you two as well, Melvin and, G and Rich, I hope you enjoyed that and um, got many as many questions asked as possible. Are you still there, Graham? <laughs> <laughs> You're not left the show. This, this bit uh, is on VAR, isn't it? It's on VAR. He's enjoying it too much. That's what it is. I think so. I think so. But uh, anyway, thank you to you two as well. Um, thank for you for us on, Andrew. Thanks for inviting us to, to meet him. Thank you again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it was great, yeah. Not at all. Fun. And I just really appreciate uh, the fact that you came on. And I'm really good to have you back, Melvin. Um, thank you. Fit and fighting fit for yeah, fighting moving fit. forward. Yeah, exactly. So thank you. Please, everyone, give us a like before you leave the, tonight. Give us a subscribe if you haven't done so already. Um, and just let you into a little secret. Graham is still in the backstage area, obviously trying to... I don't know whether he knows whether he's still uh, connected to the studio or not, but uh, that's quite funny. I'm just I'm just laughing internally as I speak. Um, but, yeah, join us next week for another show. Um, and... Great news that we've got a third one coming up again very, very soon. So, Melvin, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Yep. Take care. I'm on, thank you. I'm on, I'm on that. Um, I'm on Richard's channel tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. Great. Oh, yeah, Jerome's on as well, isn't he? Is Jerome still coming? Jerome's coming on, yeah. Jerome's coming on. So, that'd be oh, good. He's watching yeah. this now, I'm told. So, that's good. So, I'm looking forward that's to that. Fantastic. Yeah. And that's I'll look forward to that again. too. I've missed this, boys. I've really missed this. So thanks again, well, we, and I'll, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow night. We've missed you as well. We've missed you as well, yeah, Melvin. Yeah. Uh, rest yeah, assured of that. And Graham. Oh, sorry, Graham. <laughs> uh, Richard, where can people find you? I used to want to be Graham Ricks when I was a kid, you know. I was left footed, played on the wing. I, I pretended I was Graham Ricks all the time. So um, it's the confusion I can understand completely. But anyway. <laughs> I bet you played exactly like him as well, sure. 
Well, maybe not quite as good, but um, <laughs> I used to think I was. There you go. <laughs> but um, he definitely um, had a better career than me, let's put it that way. But, uh, oh, don't say that. Don't say that at all. I well, probably had a better football career than you, but, you know. Well, yeah, no, that's what I meant, yeah. <laughs> he did play in France as well, so that's even better, isn't it? So, um, but no, I mean, um, yeah, the, the, my time's over and over and over again. And um, so I've got a show tomorrow night about Aubameyang, actually. What do we do with Aubameyang? What's going on? What's going wrong with him? Should he still be captain? What's our technique to do to get more out of him? And generally... Um, looking into that, really, um, I say obviously Melvin, the Melvin Sun's on as well. So we've got two marks coming on, which will be fun. So um, that's going to be good, and that's um, it's going to be seven thirty tomorrow. So that's going to be look out for that. And then I'm going to do another watch along of the women's actually on Saturday. They're playing the Spurs North London derby. Um, I think that kicks off at half past three. So I'm going to do a watch along of that because I did the game last week. I enjoy watching the women as well. So that's on a Saturday, obviously with no. Um, proper game this weekend, if you like. That's going to be my proper game for Saturday. So I'm doing a watch along of that as well. And um, there'll be some more stuff coming up next week, uh, as usual. So please give the show a like and subscribe and make sure that you subscribe to, to this channel as well because there's always great stuff on here as well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll definitely be uh, tuning in tomorrow. Um, and uh, I'll see you at the weekend as well for the, for the watch along. It'll be good stuff. So thanks again to everyone. Hopefully we'll all see you soon. Take care and good night. Come on, you gunners. Come on, you gunners. Thank you for listening to From Dial Square to Air. Please help us grow by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and following the show on your preferred podcast platform. Please also visit our Facebook page, our Twitch channel, and of course our YouTube channel. And whilst you are there, please subscribe and hit the notification button so you don't miss any upcoming shows. Please also press the like button on the video so we can get recommended by YouTube to other Arsenal fans all around the world. See you soon. Can anyone catch them, do you think? Uh, yes, of course. Unbelievable, we didn't expect that. Awesome fingers, freedom on our